Restoration, Revival, Reformation. This is a Renowned Faith broadcast. You can find more information at renownedfaith.com. Now, here is J.R. Darwin. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for joining us. This is episode two. The first episode, we went over what renowned faith is, what the ministry is about, what our goals are. And in episode two, I wanted to talk more about myself, um, my background, where I'm coming from. And I think I'll start, you know giving you some background about my childhood, where religion fell in the scheme of things as I was a child and growing up. During my childhood, I went to church off and on in an Assembly of God church with my grandmother. My mom would, you know, sometimes attend or bring us, you know, to my grandmother's church, you know, on holidays, Easter, you know, and and different special events. But I think it was in elementary school, you know, there were certain phases in my life when I would go, you know, more regularly, you know, to kids' church, you know, than other times in my life. And I remember one, uh, I think I was in grade school, my sister and I uh, had to memorize the Ten Commandments. And both of us won. We won the contest because we memorized the Ten Commandments. So that's kind of my early beginnings. I I was used to hearing people speak in tongues. I was used to people dancing in church and falling out in church. And that's kind of a lot of what I remember as a child about church. Um, and it wasn't a big church. You know, there were some, a few core members. And I remember my grandma and grandpa would, you know, go out in the Holy Ghost and dance. And then they would fall over and somebody would put a blanket over the top of them. And uh, I can recall, you know, my gr- my grandparents, you know, speaking in tongues and, and different things uh, throughout the different church services. And I don't know that I was ever really that curious about it. And I don't know that anybody ever really explained any of that stuff to me. But uh, it just seemed like it was a natural thing to do during a church service. You know, as I grew up in a, you know, Pentecostal church... You know, as a kid, you're just there for games and fun, usually, unfortunately. You know, and they did talk to us about Jesus, about the Bible, and different things, but it never really radiated with me as a child. Uh, The whole gospel message, you know, it was more about going into the kid's classroom and coloring a picture and hearing a story, you know, about, you know, a a Bible story, basically. So as I got older, you know, I moved further away from church and um, didn't really have much interest in attending church probably after grade school. I grew up in a very uh, unstable environment as a child. Um, My parents 
split up when I was in fifth grade, the end of fifth grade. And they were never married, um, but they had lived together, you know, throughout all of that time. And uh, starting sixth grade, my sixth grade year in junior high, um, they were completely separated and living in different places. And I was moving back and forth between the two living arrangements. And um, about that time, you know, they started dating other people and it added a lot of complication <laughs> into a child's life. Um, I ended up going and staying with my father for, oh, I don't know, several months. And then I went back and stayed with my mom. And there was a little bit of instability, instability there because she was now a single mom. And unfortunately, my, my dad was not providing child support or any kind of, you know, support financially, uh, for me and my sister and I, um, and so our life was unstable. We moved a lot, you know, because we couldn't afford to pay rent. Um, and so we would get kicked out of one place, evicted, and moved to another place. And uh, we'd often have our phone turned off or our electricity or, <laughs> I mean, who knows? You know, there was at one point, at one point, you know, we were washing clothes in a bathtub. Uh, because we didn't have a washer or we didn't have a dryer and we would have to hang them outside. And in the winter time, we just have to hang them inside on the back porch. So there were some challenges in my childhood and I can recall, you know, times of being hungry, you know, and not having enough food as a child, um, and getting, you know, care baskets from churches. And I can even recall, you know, a time when <laughs> Included with one of these care baskets was a ham, a pre-cooked ham. And <laughs> as a kid in middle school, a middle school kid, I was so happy to have ham in the refrigerator. So you can see that as I grew up, it wasn't the easiest. Unfortunately, my mother got involved with some not so great people that were into drugs and different things. And she was desperate to be able to pay the bills, and that kind of opened the door, literally, to people who would come and stay with us and pay, sometimes pay rent. It was her hope, I think, that they would pay rent and that we, you know, wouldn't get evicted from the next place we went. Unfortunately, most of these shady characters would just uh, skip out on her and not pay her, or in one instance... um deal drugs out of our back porch and then have our house raided by uh, narco narcotics agents. Um, that was a scary time. And so I'm just trying to give you a background of where it is I came from. I came from a family that never really had quite enough. And in, at this point in my life, I can appreciate things a little more, I think, because of that. And I can sympathize more with people who are going through that or have gone through those types of things in their life. And I think sometimes that's lacking in the church today because uh, not everybody has that type of experience where they grow up, you know, like that in, in a poor home and in a poor neighborhood. So where was God through all of this in my childhood? I'll tell you that if somebody would have asked me as a middle schooler or even as a high schooler, 
if I would, if they would have asked me if I was a Christian, I would have told them yes. I would have told them I believe the Bible, despite not knowing much about it, despite not actually living for God or applying the Word of God, which is hard for a child to do sometimes, especially if they don't have proper guidance. So it was probably my freshman year of high school that I started to become a lot more interested in the occult and the New Age movement. You see, throughout my middle school years, and even some of my uh, elementary school years, my grandpa would tell me stories of spiritual experiences that he was having or did have. My grandpa was a bit of an odd character in his some of his beliefs about aliens and UFOs, but it also crossed over somewhat into the New Age movement. Um, he believed in uh, reincarnation. He would tell him, tell me about past lives that he's lived on Earth. Um, not too much in detail, but uh, enough like he recalled how he died in a past life, you know, and the method of how he was killed in a past life. And I, to this day, do not know how he reconciled some of those beliefs with his um, Christianity, because he often went to church and uh, was involved in church in a uh, Assembly of God church, a, a Pentecostal setting. And I don't know that those beliefs that went against the Bible were ever challenged, you know, in that environment or not, or if he just kept them to himself and only shared them with me and a few others. However, him sharing some of these spiritual experiences uh, with me that were extra biblical, um, he put a lot of emphasis on spirits that would visit him, uh, but he never seemed to put a lot of emphasis on scriptures or the Bible or even Jesus or his resurrection or his death and atonement for sin. Instead, he was more, my grandfather was more caught up with these spiritual entities that would visit him and give him messages and awards and congratulations for different things that he was doing and the way that he was progressing um, spiritually. A lot of it had its roots not only in the New Age, but also in Eastern mysticism, um, say Buddhism or um, Taoism, um, even Hinduism, uh, shamanism. These types of interminglings of uh, spiritual experiences and spirit guides and spiritual guidance uh, coming from an unseen realm. And so some of the stories that he would share with me sparked my curiosity. It saddens me to think that he didn't share Bible stories with me or, you know, things like that. But I try not to hold that against him because he does have a very special place, you know, in my heart. Um, and he is, he has since passed away. So throughout high school, I started to research more about the new age and spiritual experiences. And I got into some bad stuff. And once again, even throughout all of that, if somebody would have asked me, are you a Christian? Do you believe in Jesus? Do you accept the Bible? I would have answered yes to all of those things, not knowing my own depravity, not knowing my own sinfulness before God, not knowing my need for a savior. I think of evangelists today who, you know, do street evangelism and walk up to people and say, do you know God loves you? Jesus loves you. 
and they want to try to convey this all-inclusive message of love, and they don't want to offend anybody they're witnessing to. And those words are very pleasant to hear that God loves them. But there's a time when people need to hear the depravity of human nature. They need to understand the depravity of sin that separates them from God and his love, and that that can only be bridged through the cross of Christ. And I think that's sometimes lacking um, in how we do our evangelism. And so I have a lot of scary stories about my spiritual experiences in the occult. I have some terrifying stories. I have things that made me so afraid. <laughs> I remember when I was 18. No, I was probably 17. Because I was, I think it was my senior year of high school. I had an experience that was so terrifying that I, I did a reoccurring experience that was so terrifying that I could not sleep. I did not want to go to sleep. And if I did sleep I for a week, I slept on guard. <laughs> I slept very badly. And there were nights when a 17-year-old guy, me, would go into his mother's room and sleep in her bed because of the terror. And at some point, I began to realize that I couldn't control these forces that were terrifying me. I couldn't control these spiritual entities that I was supposedly communing with. And it became very out of control to a point where I was scared. I didn't know what to do. And something sparked inside of me. This thought that if there were forces and spirits, this evil, this terrible, maybe there are forces that are holy, good, righteous. There are forces that could combat these other evil entities. And that sent me down a path of trying to know God better. That if I can see all of these supernatural things that are bad and evil, I already believe in supernatural things. I already have experienced them in my own life in a negative way. Could it also be possible that I could experience good spiritual things, peaceful things? And it set me on a road to research different religions, the peace of Buddhism, the peace of chanting and meditation. And, and what do these other religions have to offer me, a tormented soul in this world who can't find relief not only from my own sin, but from the spiritual battle that plagues me every day? And so God began to lead me. As I began to seek after truth, he began, he began to draw me closer to him in slow steps that I can look back in and say, gosh, God, I'm so thankful that you led me, that you led me in that direction, that you allowed me to experience these things. And ultimately they drew me closer to you. And I'm thankful for that. I may share, you know, if I do an occult series, I, I may share some more of those experiences what they were like, what they felt like, and how we can discern different spiritual experiences. Because this is huge right now in Christianity. Discerning between spiritual experiences is one of the cores of renowned faith. It's one of the cores of this ministry, is discernment. It seems like everybody nowadays is having some form of spiritual experience. But is it biblical? Is it from the Holy Spirit? 
doesn't line up with the Word of God. And now more than ever, we have to have discernment. And we have to realize and understand that there are competing forces in the heavenlies. That the enemy and his forces are there to trick us, deceive us. They use subtlety. They use a lot of tactics. But God's word here, God's word is here to be a beacon in the night that shines and that anybody looking for it can see it and move toward it. The beautiful, precious gospel of Christ needs to be preached to the nations and discipleship has to happen within the body of Christ. Reformation has to occur to rid ourselves of heretical doctrines and things that are unbiblical within the church structure. The leadership of the churches has to be purged in order for this to happen because they failed us. They failed the body of Christ. They have not stood up for the truth of God's word. And I dare to say that a judgment is coming to them because the Bible warns us about a great apostasy that I believe we are in the midst of. I think the great apostasy may have even started shortly after the canon was written, or even before that, because there was always this falling away. But my friends, there's a, there is a, a, a huge falling away right now. And it, it, it breaks my heart to think about. It really does. Uh, it saddens me. And it's one of the main reasons for this whole podcast. And so that is a little bit more about me, who I am. I'm going to take a, some more episodes to elaborate on some more things about me personally. And in episode three, I'm going to talk more about God's calling in my life, uh, my testimony of salvation, how God found me in the midst of my sin, my place for repentance, and my position within the body of Christ. I'm going to talk about being a new believer in the charismatic movement and in uh, Pentecostal churches. And I'll address some more about speaking in tongues and the infilling of the spirit. I want to thank everybody so much for listening. Uh, Like I said, this is only number two of the series or of the podcast. And most of you who are listening to this are probably only listening to it because you've went back. Um, back into the archives. I just want to thank you for listening. And I want you to check us out uh, at renownedfaith.com. You can find all of our podcasts there, articles. If there's something that you want to hear about, uh, something that you want have a question about, I want you to feel free to contact me through that website. That concludes today's broadcast. We hope that you will visit our website at renownedfaith.com for more information about this ministry. We humbly ask for your continued prayers.